Dotnet Rocks episode 932 with guest Bjorn Granvik. Recorded live Thursday, November 7th, 2013. This episode is brought to you by Telerik, offering the best in developer tools and support. Online at telerik.com. And by Franklins.net, makers of GesturePack, a powerful gesture recording and recognition system for Microsoft Connect for Windows developers. Details at gesturepak.com. And now, here are Carl and Richard. Welcome back to .NET Rocks, Carl Franklin and Richard Campbell. And uh, we're here at Ordev with Bjorn Gronvik. But before we get into that, hey, how you doing? I am well. Busy day. Lots of shows. Having a good time. Do you realize what the next show is? What's the next show? That's the show where we give away the $5,000 prize. It's true. Yeah, we're finally in December and here we are. I got to pick up the $5,000 prize and that's always tricky. Yes, it is. But it's a fun thing to do. It's Christmas time. Yeah, pretty much. The holidays and... (laughs) We, uh, we have somebody who's going to win. We have picked a winner, and we're going to announce that winner next week as you listen to this. Absolutely. Yeah. But let's get right into Better Know Framework. Awesome. All right, buddy, what do you got? Another uh, from the old school department. Oh, I love it. System console. Oh, okay. Yeah, system.console. Yep. You know, console apps, right? Yep. Tinyurl.com slash system console. Of course, you can read and write keystrokes and lines, but there's so much more to yes. the system console. You have control over text colors, the position, height, and width of the screen, the size of the screen buffer, the position of the cursor, access to standard input and output streams, and the encoding method for in and out. So it's not just a simple monochrome screen. You get right. so much more. You know, people who come to .NET from Linux are looking for all of that stuff because yeah. you know they're used to shelling out and uh, you know grepping through the the standard input from. Uh, well, I'm loving that you're back in the framework, man. That's really fun. Well, you got to go there every once in a while. That's why we started Better Know sure. Framework because you know, that's what it was all about. Was yeah. just hey, there's a lot of stuff in the framework. Go and look. These are the fundamentals. Yeah. You know, system consoles. Without so, a doubt. No one learned to love it. Richard, who's talking to us? I grabbed a comment off of show 905, and that's the one we did with Eric Boyd at that conference where we talked about Chaos Monkey. Chaos you Monkey. Remember Chaos Monkey? Yes. Just the, the idea of how to build really resilient software. And uh, uh, Marcus Hammerberg from Stockholm, Sweden, since we're in Sweden, yeah. said, wow, I must say that this is one of the more innovative ideas I've heard in the last couple of years other than mob programming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For me, not having my IT hat on, as Richard says, I was impressed with the way that this constraint pushes us to become even better. Like this. Oh, yeah. Just one more thing before you start coding on that new feature. We have a program that will shut down services, connections, and even power from time to time. Right. Make sure you take that into consideration when you program. Go. Go. (laughs) (laughs) With constraints like that in place already when we start, we are forced to become better and better. Sure, we will find and learn a lot about stuff we don't even know about yet, but that's what popped into my head. Great show. Really got my head buzzing with new ideas. Thank you. Awesome. Yep. Love it. Marcus, thanks so much for your comment. 
a .NET Rocks mug is on its way to you. And if you'd like a .NET Rocks mug, just write a comment on the website at .NET Rocks.com or on any of our mobile apps. We've got them for Android, iOS, Windows Phone 7 and 8, and Windows 8. And those apps are built by Diatome Enterprises. We'd love to build you an app. Just go to DiatomeEnterprises.com. And before we go any further, I need to tell you that Pluralsight provides comprehensive developer training online. They have hundreds of hardcore developer training courses authored by MVPs and industry experts. They release around 40 new courses every month or more and offer a free 10-day trial, 200 minutes of access. A wide range of topics including iOS, Java, Android, web development, pretty much anything you can think of on the Microsoft stack. Try Pluralsight today. Subscription plans start at just $29 a month. And all that being out of the way, let us welcome our guest Bjorn Granvik has more than two decades of experience as a developer, architect, project leader, and manager, to mention just a few roles. Born in Pascal, fostered in C, C++, and reborn in Java, he still believes that code matters, second only to people and competence. Bjorn is a recurring speaker and expert panel facilitator, usually around subjects like programming and agile methodologies. He can be found speaking in everything from user groups to conferences like Ordev. That sounded so good when you said it. Yeah. <laughs> Love you. Welcome, Bjorn. Thank you. And you have uh, a long history with Ordev. In fact, you were telling us yesterday that you were sort of instrumental in, in helping this conference get off the ground. How did that happen? Well, it's kind of funny because uh, Michael Teberg, who was uh, in charge of uh, Ordev the first five years, six years, something, Sure. Uh, in the first year, in 2005, we worked in the same uh, uh, company, uh, and he came to me and said, Hi, can you, can you have a look at my website? And I said, oh, oh, God, another one of those that comes and disturbs you. I got work <laughs> to do, man. So I looked at it. I didn't say it quite like, out loud out like that. So I looked at it and I said, Oh, my God. It's one of those postcard signs, you know, where you have a big screen and you see a small postcard. Sure. Yeah, back in the days. And it was all the rage. And you implemented your own scroll bar. And I sort of going, why? Why on earth do you implement standard tools? They work from the start. So I said, this looks bad. That sucks. Go away. Now, right. he came back a week later and said, how about now? And it was better. Right. And I still had complaints. And he yeah. was like one of those Russian dolls, you know, with lead in their back. And back. <laughs> they, he kept bouncing back. In that way, I was instrumental. I gave him critical feedback in the worst form when everyone else basically said, looks fine. Right. You're on a good path. Yeah. So uh, him and other people were the people to make it happen. I just did what I could to help out on program committees and stuff like that. So you, you started uh, sharing knowledge. Yeah. That's what how it all sort of started, right? It, for me, it actually started back in 95. And it was, uh, we had like three offices around Sweden in the company I worked at in that time. And we said, how about we do something fun? And, you know, being a geek, uh, fun is like coding for 48 hours and not sleeping. <laughs> yes. Beer and peanuts, you know the drill. Yes. Now, yeah. In those days, that was hardcore because we didn't have any laptops. We had like the, the big boxes on the floor right, right. and we, we had fat, fat screens like yeah. heavy and we went traveling to our locations and we carried those big screens around yeah. and 
the guys really wanted to hack even in the bus on the way over to where we we're going to so so the, one of the guys took a soldering iron and plugged it into the 12 volt uh, system of the car and then he soldered a, a, a transformator went from 12 volts to 230 volts nice oh. and then we hooked up the hub with real live cables and those big things and the screens and they had it all in their labs going we are coding Nice. <laughs> Those were the days. And that's when it struck me. Peer-to-peer -peer learning is awesome. Conferences like this, when we share, share knowledge, it just plain works. Yeah. So you have people on the screen, you have them on the stage, but it's on the floor as well. Right. And that, what, that makes it tick. The second epiphany for me was I got one of those Excel spreadsheets in 98. Have you seen them? Never heard of it. No, no. you get, you get an Excel spreadsheet and HR, bad HR. I do apologize if there are any good HR people out there. Uh, nice. Um, and, and they put together all the acronyms in, within IT. There are <laughs> oh, a bunch, wow. right? There are a lot. Now, you have to do eight points or less to fit it into one of yes. the tabs. And that's what they did. So I, I took it and I said, okay, fill out what, what I know. And from one to five, I went... Uh, okay, can I put X's instead? Yeah, sure, put X's so we know what you can. So I put the X's, and I was just like everyone else. I had a bunch of X's, but I have loads and more of white space. Yeah. And the only thing I saw when I looked at it was, I suck. Right. <laughs> that was the second thing. And that's when I started to do IT systems based on, on, on competence development. What do I know and what do I want to know? But I did it out of like a grassroots project. It took something like two months, and it was uh, a company corporation-wide uh, tool to finding who knows what. They had no clue, as most companies still today do not know what we know. And most importantly, what do we want to know? Right. Yeah. And it took a life of itself. Five countries, 600 uh, colleagues, and people start using it in very strange ways. New employees would check out, who, who are these guys? What do they know? Can I go and ask her? Yeah, I can. She knows that. Brilliant. The, uh, the uh, uh, procurement start using it because they try to figure out, when I go to, to uh, Microsoft, what kind of deal can we get? How many people are using, using Visual Studio? So all these side effects, positive side effects start to trickle off. And it was, it was brilliant to see. And I was still a lone programmer in Malmo, south of Sweden, not HQ or anything. And so I said, hang on. Something's working here again. And it was peer-to-peer -peer learning. Now, fast forward, J-Way started in 2000. Right. And with four people, I said, hey, I got this fun thing. Let's do it. So we went for a, a, a hack weekend again. Yeah. Calling it Competence Weekend instead. You know, slightly grown, grown up. Week. Competence yeah. Weekend. Yeah. 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 Same thing, a bit more organized. And we did it four times a year. Fast forward to 2005, the prodigy child of that thinking is Autodev. But that, that first competence weekend that you went away for, yeah. you saw like a, a real result from that. Yeah. You were saying, but the results were unbelievable. Exactly. And in everybody's... In joy, in sharing knowledge, you took your own project. We call them hackathons nowadays. Yeah, right. right. And th that joy is there. Yeah. Here in Sweden, for instance, they have a, a school program where they send out experts to schools, really good teachers that go out as experts. Now, that doesn't work. 
No, it we really tried doesn't. it. We lost money at doing it. You make sure that people learn from one person to the next. I had the strangest conversation just the other day with a teacher um, who I was telling about, you know, this thing I'm doing with middle schoolers. I'm going to middle schools and trying to get kids engaged in, and it's an old story, kids engaged in programming in a stealthy way, you know, by bringing in toys like the quadcopter and showing them how to drive it with a smartphone and, you know, and then showing them a little bit of programming so we can control it with code and stuff and just sort of try to get them engaged in the things that are cool about tech, right? Yeah. And, and I was telling this to uh, a teacher and she says, you know, I would love to get my kids just thinking for themselves, but of course I can't tell them that. And, and I said, so what would happen if we just taught our kids how to learn by themselves, how to search the search engines to find the answers to things that they're interested in and how to teach themselves rather than I am the teacher, you will listen, you know, the, the hierarchical model. She says, if I taught my kids how to do that, I would be fired. Really? You know, I, she says, I would be looked down, I would be talked to if I taught my kids how to teach themselves. And I, I thought that was the oddest and saddest thing. It is. Every country, every part, every school ha is a system. Uh, in some places, you can only do hierarchical learning. There are you know, advantages of doing that, right. but you have to mix and match. You cannot only do one thing, one way of teaching. Yeah. Now, this is profound. It goes through all the way through school. If you look at schools, at least here in Sweden, at least the ones I've attended, mm -hmm. and I'm talking about from kindergarten to university, there is no course where they teach you how to learn. Right. Yes. In English, you have two different words for this. We don't have that in Swedish. It's even worse here. So we have learn for teaching and learn for learning. So when I try to talk about with teachers about this, I have to say, uh, add a, a, a suffix. I say, teach out, sorry, learn out and learn in. So, so I call- Learn I out is teaching and yeah. learn in is learning. Yeah. Okay. So I, I, I said, okay. So I called up the local uh, uh, university here that graduates uh, uh, teachers and asked the, the person who should know. I said, how do you sort of teach how to learn? And, and, and the person said, yeah, sure. So we have blah, blah, and blah, blah, blah. I said, no, 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 no. That's, that's teaching that's how you teach. teach. Yeah. Right. Now I'm talking about the students and teaching them how to learn. I said, and that person was stumped and directed me to the headmaster right. of the whole thing. Right. So I'm, I'm going to follow up on that. How many times have you heard, uh, you have children. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you hear this from kids a lot. You know, I was in class and my teacher taught me something that I knew was wrong. And I went and looked it up on the internet and I found three or four sources and I approached the teacher and they dismissed it. That's you know, really bad. It happens all the time. Yeah, very... The teacher is more concerned about their, you know, high, their tenure and their superiority. And so I don't want to hear that. How, you know, that teacher, <laughs> that kid's going to go away. You know, that teacher can learn from the student. Oh, thank you. You know, let's have a conference after school where you can show me what you've learned and I'll learn from you. Yeah. You're going to go away. Like, what is the threat to a teacher? That, you know, if you think about it, 
they should be threatened by the threat of their incompetence. Exactly. Not by the threat of some student teaching yeah. them. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Well, it's very human. Um, but you really... Uh, it's, it's like the word respect. Now, if you want to have respect, you have to give respect. That's yeah. my take on it. Yeah. Now, if you want to learn, you have to sort of start and, and, and engage and make sure you have both trust and, and, and respect yeah. both ways. We tend to use them just one way. You should give me a respect. Yeah. I'm waiting for you to give me respect. Right. Why are you not giving me respect? Right. The days are gone when we could wait for some teacher to teach us what we need to learn and then be adults and change whatever the next generation did before us. Right. We can't do that nowadays. Um, no. Our sons and daughters are changing the world before they graduate. Sure. They really are. Yeah, yeah. they are. Well, and we have to accommodate that. We've given them access to so much more. They have so... The capabilities are unbelievable. The amount that an individual can leverage is incredible now. Yeah. They can do as much as they want to do. Exactly. They, if they know how yeah. to learn and how to teach themselves. And it's so interesting. You said that teach them how to search for themselves. Right. Now, th th there is a phenomenon going around the world called Coded Dojo, where they teach uh, children uh, how to program. Yep. It's, it's great fun. And I talked to a friend that runs the local uh, chapter here, and I asked him, but, you know, we got loads of work to do. Why are you doing this? Well, for the fun. And, he said, the people who sign up to volunteer for this kind of stuff are people who filter them out selves. Themselves come to this, which means that you don't have to care. They're good people. Right. Right. They, they know what to do. They wouldn't be there. Yeah. A conference like this has the same effect. We look out at people and we see that they opt in. I want to learn more. Right. This is a good place. I wouldn't go down to Starbucks. Sure. No offense, Starbucks. Sorry about that. But <laughs> I, if I turn around and say, hey, you want to know? I got this gadget. You want to see? Right. I would be thrown out somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they, that's the dynamic, I think, in, in a setting like this, is you pull out your laptop and you go, look at this. Yeah. yeah. You know, check this out. It's the okay first too. time I saw Code Rush, right. Mark Miller's uh, from DevExpress, right? Yeah. It was Scott Hanselman who came up to me at a PDC with a, like most things I've learned, right? Scott Hanselman. With a laptop, he's holding his laptop, and this is before Ultrabook, so it was a big laptop. <laughs> okay, kind of had it heavy. And he goes, have you seen Code Rush? Yeah. Just like that. Just like, you know, this, you got to see this. you got to see this. Like, I got it right here. You want to see this? In my hand. In my hand. Have you seen? And it's just so awesome, you know, yeah. to be shown uh, new things like that. But I also, is it special to our industry to have this kind of enthusiasm? People get so excited about what they're doing. I don't know. I've, 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 I had a question many years ago. Uh, do you have to have the, the spark or the, the, the holy fire within you to be good? I don't know, but it certainly helps. <laughs> I, I can't think of other industries where there's so much innovation so fast. You know? Um, yeah. The, innovation comes in two forms in the same way. I can't tell. I haven't been to... A, medical convention or whatever right but there but are there technology are, in general i mean the medical there's a technology to the medicine that yeah, where the, there's innovation that yeah. technology part does change yeah. but the human body doesn't right yeah, yeah. uh there are other things that uh, we we tend to blossom and we burn real quick yeah and so yes i think we do uh i haven't got anything that 
except for anecdotes to prove it with. But if you look at our industry and the way we cultivate people and you get another title and you become senior programmer and you become, oops, manager. And right. the, you keep, the, we have certain things that is lacking in the other disciplines, like mm. medicine. Now, if you take a, a doctor, a physician, he can become you know, junior or whatever they're called and senior and then he keeps moving. And one day, he's like the top-notch physician. Yeah. In Sweden, that's a uber physician. Right. And we don't have that within IT. When you push beyond 40, you're not senior anymore. You're a future has-been. <laughs> When you go beyond 50, no one expects you to be able to punch any ASCII or code whatsoever. Right. right. And we're really, really tough in that sense. We have like tech leads, we have head programmers. That doesn't compare to that old physician that sits down yeah, on right. that show and talks about, this yeah. is what your body is ailing. Right. You know, uh, we've had an opportunity to interview a few of the Microsoft tech fellows. We're sort of the most, you know, Microsoft has two hierarchies, the, yeah. the, the management hierarchy and the engineering hierarchy. And there's like 20-something tech fellows. And they're that kind of personality. You're right. Brian yeah, Perry comes to mind. Yeah. Yeah. And it's always a little soft-spoken. Anders Halsberg. Uh, very patient. Anders Halsberg is like that, too. Yeah. But very experienced folks. And they, but they're rare. They're incredibly rare. Yeah. Uh, and, and unbelievably valuable, you know, in terms exactly. of, of inspiring and leading teams and, and thinking the big thoughts about where we can go. I think you're quite right. I, I Very good point. Uh, then I would retract what I said and I would change it to, why don't we have more of those fellows, Uber programmers? Well, yeah. and, it, and it's only because Microsoft decided they're a tech fellow. Like, I think the, the other side of this is that qualification in software basically doesn't exist. You know, there's there's a very clear bar for a physician to pass over. Yeah, and and that they're they're authenticated by a group of people who are responsible for them too. Well, in the software world, they're authenticated by the masses, right? So yeah, they're that's true. you know the, by their contributions, like Doug Crockford. Sure, you, you know he is he's yeah. obviously digital karma, so to speak. He's somebody yeah. who's when he's 90 years old, people are going to ask him JavaScript questions. Yeah. <laughs> Trygve Renskog, he's the man behind the uh, um, MVC pattern, mm -hmm. model view control. Right, and, right. and I met him a few years ago. He was down here at Eurodev talking. And he'd been thinking about like 10 years on, on a new pattern. And he calls it DCI, data context uh, interaction. Okay. Yeah. And it's brilliant. He combines procedural language with object-oriented language. Hmm. And it's a whole talk in itself and it's mind-bending. But I remember him standing up there 80 years of age, and he says, well, I need something to, to test my ideas with, and I can't do it in Java because they don't have the signature where you, you can specify who am I working with, who is calling me right now, and which, with which parameters. And right. that was, that's crucial to DCI. Right. So he's standing there with his pirate patch, 80 years of age, and says, so I took out a small talk compiler and changed it. <laughs> now, I love that comment. It's awesome. I want to be that guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you know, there are some old schoolers that have kept their hand in Bob Martin. Yes. Still writes code every day, right? Yeah. And well-respected. Yeah. You, should, you know, there, there is a style to that. Age is not a factor of this. It's up to how you want to yeah, work. Yeah, you know, yeah. I guess it's the guy who's been in the same coding job for, you know, 20, 30 years who hasn't sort of moved on. Right. That is sort of pigeonholed in that well, we grumpy about, old man kind of thing. Yeah. Where, 
but you know, the age doesn't really matter no. if you're if you're if you have your hand in what's happening. But well, it's like if you do the same thing for ten years, you don't have ten years experience. You no. have one year of experience ten times. That's right, <laughs> most likely. Yeah, absolutely. But it also, could, I've, and I've met developers like this who who were avant garde developers. They jumped in on a new technology right at the beginning, and then they stayed with it. And then they became mainstream developers in that technology. Yeah. And now they're legacy developers in that technology. Right. Stayed in it because is the key word. Stayed there. Yeah. Well. And perfectly happy to stay there, right? Which That's, is which is fine for them. Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely. What you want to do. Yeah. There's just one snag. That whole thing depends on the company they're working for. Usually it's a company. Sure. Yep. Isn't being bought up. Yeah, and another system is being forced down his yeah, throat, the, and the legacy stuff being forced out. Yeah, the irony is that you know the more experience you have with the more systems that you have, the the, the better your perspective is when new problems and new languages and new things come along. That you have a much broader framework of experience to to understand that thing. Exactly, you know? I'm nodding heavily here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but you know, it just, it's not just software. I think you you look at it. Stonemason's poo-pooing cement. It's like, why would I change, right? right. Uh, I love the archaeology uh, museum, some of the ones we get to go to on, on some of these travels, seeing the last generation of stone tools beside the first generation of copper tools. Yeah. Oh. And so, and you realize, it, I mean, granted, the copper tools don't age as well as stone does, sure. but at the same time, you look at the way they were made and the quality of them, you can imagine a guy 6,000 years ago going, why would I switch to that fancy new stuff when I've got this is a tool was good enough for me and my right. father yeah, and my, my grandfather. Father. Yeah, you know, it keeps going. The, the stonemason is a very good example, actually. The first uh, uh, law set in stone, which was uh, uh, King Hammurabi's uh, uh, stones, right. uh, they actually uh, uh, not only said what is a good outcome of a stonemason's uh, work on a house, they also set the price two shekels per each surface and it set <laughs> it set what you should pay if it fell over and death was the price no. <laughs> <laughs> talk about fixed price that's a pretty good price hey richard you know what time it is uh, it must be that happy time again it's time to build my house of what is this jokes punchline <laughs> i have no idea Building a house out of stone tools Building again, a huh? stone house of not funny. Nope. It's time to give away a Telerik DevCraft Complete Collection to one lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club. But before we do that, I need to tell you that Telerik Icinium enables you to develop, test, and publish iOS and Android apps from a single code base using only HTML5 and JavaScript. And the new release of Icinium will allow all this goodness to happen inside Visual Studio. These capabilities include comprehensive backend as a service in the cloud, integrated support for Kendo UI and jQuery mobile, and integrated testing and deployment capabilities, making Icenium a robust end-to-end -end mobile app development platform for .NET developers. Telerik Icenium with its new Visual Studio extension is available on a subscription basis and is now part of the Telerik DevCraft Ultimate Collection. Start a free 30-day trial of Icinium with support at Icinium, that's I-C-E-N-I-U-M dot com slash D-N-R. And don't forget to thank Telerik for supporting .NET Rocks all these years. Absolutely. So who's our winner, buddy? Today's winner is Tomasz Majcik from Krakow, Poland. Very nice. Thomas. Tomasz. And I'm, I'm taking a wild guess with your uh, pronunciation there, but I think I got it pretty close. And uh, he wins the Telerik 
DevCraft Complete Collection. That's just about everything Telerik does. I don't believe I sent him as part of that. No, it's in the Ultimate Collection. It's in the Ultimate Collection, but there you go. They have lots of great tools. We also give away in every show a CD of mine called Been a While that yes. uh, I made over the last four years. The great John Schofield played guitar with me. He came to my studio. He played with Miles Davis and, and a lot of other jazz greats, and he played with me. So that uh, can be found at carlfranklin.com. Of course, it's on iTunes and uh, Amazon MP3 and Nokia Music. And today's winner is John Oxley. Congratulations. Oh, and I know John Oxley. Yeah. That's John Oxley. Uh, I think he's still a Microsoft guy. I think it's the Microsoft John Oxley, but I think I know another John Oxley, too. It oh. might be either your friend or mine. I don't know. I guess we'll find we'll out. We'll find out. <laughs> so, John, congratulations. Sure. And uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, go to .netrocks.com. Click on the big Get Free Stuff button, answer a few questions, and join the fan club. We have thousands of members. Every show, we give away stuff. Every December, we give away $5,000 worth of technology next week. Yep. The wow. next coming show, up. we're giving it away. And so, uh, Bjorn, if you had $5,000 to spend on technology right now, what would you buy? That's... My first gut reaction is to buy something and go and just splash out on myself. That's the fun part. Five <laughs> grand's enough that, you know, well, a jacked up laptop, a huge desktop machine, like all that stuff is pretty serious at five grand. Would yeah, you put a that, down payment that, that, on a ride on a SpaceX rocket, for example? <laughs> wow. It's a small down <laughs> On the outside. Yeah. yeah. Um, is it a Virgin Galactic ride? I yeah, think. Virgin Galactic. Yeah. 200 grand. I just met a guy on the floor here at Erledev, and, and and he's buying used Kindles hmm. and hooking them up to solar panels with a battery between. So he's taking mass consumption t tools and he has everything on, he knows how it works, the voltages, how it fits all together. Wow. And then he makes sure it comes down to Kenya and Africa, to mm -hmm. schools. Because they, uh, uh, the, sometimes the books they have, they're just collecting dust. Right. The teachers, they, if they come, it's, they don't have the keys. The children have the keys. So getting knowledge out there, he has an idea. So he's basically buying the second-hand Kindles, making sure they come, and they come down to one of the schools and says, it's, it's yours for, on one condition, if you use them. And then you come back and you report why you need another one. Okay. This way, he makes sure it's being used and not just ship en masse, a bunch of computers that's going to be left over in some corner. And you say solar powered? Solar powered, because there's no like electricity. Yeah. And sure. you can't trust it. But you're talking about a Kindle, so it'll charge off five volts. They use micro uh, USB anyway. So you're talking a solar powered charger? Yeah. 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 Wow, great. Because there is no nothing. That's great. And, and I love the idea because he has it from the voltages and how, why he has a battery. Because it doesn't work straight off. He's an engineer after sure. all. Julian Hotty out there. Love you. And <laughs> he's take, he, he knows what. He can't connect the solar panel to the Kindle because it doesn't work. It's, it goes up and down. Right. And Kindle yes, reacts badly to that. But it will last a long time being a Kindle. Sure. Now, so he set this together and then he buys them and then ships them off. And he knows the, the psychology of making sure it hits home and why it's being used. And what they do is they send back notes. They write, today we learned doing this. We can go back and forth. Today we learned this. And we all the way down to buying books at Amazon. 
Mm. So does the Kindle's uh, over-the-air network work where they are? In Kenya, yes. So you can buy, like, and you get a year subscription. It's all oh, in the bundle. Great. And it's all the way back. And it's, it doesn't even take a password because the kids are using it, and they have to learn how to not spend the money all in one go. Yeah. Because he said, here's like $25, and you can buy books for that, but it's only $25. So pay attention to, so what, you you pay attention sure. to what you're buying. So you pay attention to what you're buying, yeah. So, so still, many books are free now, too. I mean, yes, I mean a lot exactly, of curriculum is exactly. free. But the whole idea of it's a digital book, It'll, it can hold 100 books. Exactly. Yeah, so it can be passed around and can be built. And it impressed me so much that he went from all the way from the volt voltage yeah. to how can we get this and back again into the cloud mm-hmm. and making sure the whole system you know That's ties fantastic. nicely together and it's gadgets you know last year's gadgets right yep. really being used and i'd like to feel better about myself in that way and not yeah. splurge it all on myself i think you can probably get a lot of used kindles for five yeah. grand yeah you could fill up some schools with those we'll find a way to contact him we'll put it in the show notes so if somebody listening to this has a, a used kindle they want to donate See if we can make that happen. Yeah, or just help out in some way. This yeah. is a, a starting a, a startup as, as such. Right. And he's getting going, and he has something like, I don't know how many schools, but it's like 35 Kindles that he's made sure came down there, and it's like one Kindle per school. Great. So you can't, it's not easy to say, I'm going to sell this one, because yeah. everyone knows that Kindles, that's that guy from England. Right. Right. So it, it should be in the school. Yeah. Well, I have an Brilliant old Kindle thinking. I'd like yeah. to donate too because um, I moved to the Kindle Fire and now I get all the I have the Kindle app on my phone and that's perfectly fine with me. So, yeah, yeah, let's and, find out. And and Julian is one of those I, I would call them shapeshifters. They mm. shift the shape of society. Mm. Now, some days we do that to a lesser extent, some day a bit more, mm. and some do it. And not only that, he thought about it, he did it, mm-hmm. and he did it with things we can understand. Yeah, and that impresses me. And that encourages everyone else to, to do something, too. Yeah. I want to jump back into the learning side of this thing, because I think it, it's one of those pieces, you know, we're teachers, right? We, we help create these shows and, yeah. and uh, for people to learn from. Yeah. Uh, oddly enough, I mean, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, because I don't find I, my, it's my most effective strategy for me to learn. I'm a very good reader. I read very fast, and I read copious quantities. Yeah. And it's my preferred mechanism of learning. For if you're out of school, like we were talking about how do we teach our kids to learn, but you know, now as an adult, is there, do you, do you advocate particular strategies to get better at learning? Uh, first of all, I think you are, uh, hit a home run there when you mm-hmm. said, I, I learn by reading right now, if you start to learn yourself, how do I work? Right. For instance, I'm, I'm visually based. Right. Text doesn't work in the same fashion for me. So mm-hmm. therefore, I, I draw images. I see patterns. I search for patterns. I think in patterns. And it took me many years to understand myself. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have any help understanding me. But when you understand my, your own strengths like you do, you know that that's one of my biggest you know, uh, 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 channels I can use. Mm-hmm. Then you can find other bits and go and explore. It might be text. It might be doing it on, on, on a pa- iPad or a Surface or whatever. Mm-hmm. You can extend that and you can elaborate. Also, I think it's very good to understand how you think. I can give you an example. My oldest son, he's 16 now, and he has what I would call a concrete thinking. So if any explanations I give, they should be concrete. Right. So... And I wanted to give him uh, 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 thought tools. 
to break down uh, a problem. Because I think you can construct a course called uh, general problem-solving theory. Yeah. And, and so I, I constructed and explained each thought tool and how they hook up. And said, okay, uh, I said, Daddy, I need to do a poem. Oh, right. I've never done a <laughs> poem. So I said, okay, let's sit down. And we picked a couple of the tools. So let's use these two tools. Okay. And we deconstructed the work as engineers, basically. Mm-hmm. And then apply these handy tools on the problem. And lo and behold, he had a poem. The day after, one of my colleagues had a problem with his customer. And I, I remember the night before, and I, I picked one of the tools. I said, okay, let's, let's work on this. And we deconstructed the problem and, and assembled it again according to this tool. And, and he had a way to handle his customer. Mm-hmm. I, of course, I didn't tell him that I did a poem using practice. that yeah. same tool. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so I think we can have strategies and you can collect them. Mm-hmm. But that does take that you are told that there are ways of working. Yeah. The, the things we learn about today, they're kind of trivial. When you got lots of words, you pick the first character and that ends up being a very awkward name, but you will remember it. Mm. Good thinking. We can do so much more. Right. So well, I think it's also... Uh, keeping time aside to work on your own skill set. Yeah. You know, it's a, um, mm. Stephen Covey's Sharpen the Saw, mm. right? They, they, and it, there's this story he tells is a guy, you know, with one of those big saws cutting on a huge tree, lots of work. He's been working on it for hours, and a friend comes up and says, What are you doing? He says, I'm cutting down this tree. He says, well, why don't you sharpen the saw? And he goes, I can't. I'm too busy cutting down the tree. <laughs> of course. <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, and we do that to uh, obvious parallels and examples. Right. But we do that in very intricate ways that, you know, I'm busy. I can't think now. Yeah. I got to work. I gotta, no, I'm you, too busy you, doing work yeah, to do you, any thinking. You got to think. <laughs> Please stop thinking. I also, you know, I'm really wrestling with this idea of uh, practice. Other mastery art forms or work forms. And I, and I point at my friend Carl here, watching him practice guitar. He's a very good guitar player and I see that he's earned it, but he really practices. He doesn't just play songs. He mm. spends an hour practicing hard bits, which I think is inherently unpleasant. And then he plays a song as sort of a reward, you know, in that yeah. practice ritual. And I have my daughter with her violin, my, my other daughter in in drawing, I watched her fill pages, drawing eyes over and over and over again. That real practice is unpleasant. It presses against your abilities, and it's not the work. But as a software developer, I don't feel like we ever practice. We just do the work. Mm. And yeah. we consider the work practice. Yeah. And I don't know if it actually is. Yeah, you're quite right. We tend to see the work you know, going forward mm-hmm. as the goal. Where we should be doing, like uh, Matthew McCullough uh, was talking uh, yesterday, the great masterpieces, there were layers of layers of paint on those uh, pictures. Sure. And I think we should embrace that a bit more to understand we need to you know, iterate over a problem or something. Um, we tend to think about problems and, and miss out that it depends on which tool you can use. Sometimes it's hierarchical learning. Sometimes it's something else. Right. It doesn't matter if it's learning or whatever, that we need to mix and match according which tool is the best. And we don't practice this. We don't do that. We, it, sometimes hard work is the only way to go forward because you get the skill level sure. so you can start thinking on the next bit. Well, I've always got... Um, I'm not a professional programmer anymore, but I've always got a project going 
in one language or another or one platform or another just to just to keep that stuff going you yeah. know and i guess i would call that practice yeah but they're not projects for other people they're projects for me some of them are the same project done over again right yeah in a different you know language or whatever but uh well yeah i would call that practice Oh, absolutely. And yeah. also keep that part of your brain uh, uh, smooth and running. The way I view a brain is more like a muscle. Mm -hmm. And if you don't use it, that's going to, you know. The atrophies. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and a 10-year-old, uh, the number of, of brain cells they have, well, intelligence isn't in the brain cell itself. It's in the synapses, the right. connections mm -hmm. between the brain cells. But a 10-year-old bra brain consumes the same amount of power, energy, as an adult and yeah. uh, brain. Right. But what happens is that there's like a mass slaughter of brain cells because they're not being used. You don't need them, mate. Sure. Yeah, that's they energy being wasted from the body's perspective. Exactly. But the good thing about this is that you can train. You can train your brain to do new stuff. Mm -hmm. And we used to think that you wouldn't get new brain cells. Wrong. You yeah. do get. Yeah. And you do get them every day. And, and they do wander it. to the places where they're needed. Sure. The trick is to activate them. Plasticity. Yes. Yeah. And that's where you go and you should practice what you knew yeah. and, and, and keep that ability but going. I, and I would argue on both sides of the brain. You know, but in, most people would say, oh, I'm a left brain person or I'm a right brain. I'm a creative type or I'm a math type. But you know, everybody should reach to cross those, you know, those hemisphere boundaries in some way and make those connections. Uh, you don't have to... you know learn how to play an instrument. You don't have to take a painting. Just do something creative if you live on the left and do something scientific or mathematic or logical if you live on the right. Yeah. It could be, uh, you know, logic puzzles. Uh, it could be, uh, yeah. I and totally it, agree. And I think you get back to the practice element. It, it, you're not going to be good at it. And that's the point. That's the point. Right. Like, go do hurt. something uncomfortable. Yeah. And press against those things. That's what actually makes you better at all of those things. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit like, you know, weightlifting or bodybuilding. Sure, right. They they don't consider it strange to go in and, and suffer. Yeah. They yeah. don't consider it strange to use different tools when they train. Yeah. They don't consider it strange that that guy is, you know, he didn't get very far yet. Yeah. Right. It yeah. takes effort. Same thing with the brain. Mm -hmm. yeah. we, we've been seeing it for, you know, way back as I a do fixed thing. We have some of these elements now. Katas, cones, yeah, the Eulers, exactly. Yeah. Those are mm -hmm. all about little projects. And if you do them the way you already know how, like you're not getting the value from it. It's, it's now do it the way you don't know how. Do it in a tool you don't know. Do it in an environment you don't know. Redo Press it. against the, your, your abilities. Yeah, do it differently. The thing happening there is that, do you know the difference between um, a, a problem and a, a possibility? What's the difference? <laughs> hey, I was asking you guys. <laughs> now, the difference is you, you're likely to get an answer. If you have an audience and you're likely to get an answer, well, a possibility is a, a, a problem in disguise or something of the other. Which I guess is, it's the way that you, uh, yeah, that's your an plan added, of attack. Yeah, is that's really, a, exactly. Yeah. That's an attitude, very valuable, mm -hmm. but yeah. it's not a definition that separates the two. To me, a problem jumps up and screams at you. A bit right. like, you know, the scene in, in the uh, Aliens, the first movie when the, the alien comes out of the yeah. stomach. Yep. That's a problem. <laughs> is it a possibility? Oh, no, no, like no. a pet. <laughs> <laughs> a possibility is silent. It hides. Right. You have to go and look for it. So we have to do stuff the other way around. Do the same thing, totally from the different yeah. point of view yeah. or something. We get into this, the, the preventative side of work. Yeah. Is that stuff that you have to act on, not stuff that acts on you. 
Exactly. Okay. And, and, and yet, again, what we do is deliver to the deadline. We go, oh, God, thank you. Not again. Yeah. <laughs> Which is actually, yeah, if we hear... Your reward for delivering on a deadline is a new deadline. A new deadline. Enjoy. Thank you. <laughs> it's a bit like you're going back to school. Good. You know math, do you? Now yeah. you get to do the same thing again with different numbers. Yes. Oh, thank you. Well, thanks but because much. you've done so well, here are bigger numbers. <laughs> Ooh, joy. <laughs> well, I think that, that this whole hierarchical model is part of that problem, too, right? Is that we tend to, the, the, the Peter Principle is real. You promote to the level of incompetence. Well, Peter Principle was in the good old days. Nowadays, it's Dilbert Principle. Right. Yeah, you, <laughs> you, you reach your level of incompetence straight away without passing any possible levels you could master. And then you become a manager. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm a manager. I can bitch about them. That's so, nice. Yeah. Not a lot of pointy hair up there, though. Yeah, well, I, if I let it grow, it will be pointy. <laughs> For those of you who can't see me, I'm bald except on the sides. My forehead is kind of big. Yep. <laughs> the, 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 the hierarchical model, and I think many people have uh, uh, seen that as a culprit of some sort, mm -hmm. it's not. Finland is doing very well. They're like the top country when it comes to results when you measure them in right. the world. They have a hierarchical model. Now, I would say, I would argue, the test might not be all that conclusive, mm -hmm. because when you look closer at it, you can ask questions, stuff like that. Mm. But also, what do you learn when you come out? I know exactly the number of rivers, blah, blah, something. Mm. I have a context. I can talk about other people with books and uh, the classical masterpieces and stuff. I don't have to Google. Yeah. Right. Now, on the other side of a truth, it doesn't have to be a lie. It could be another truth. So at the same time, hierarchical learning can be good and bad. It depends on how you apply it. Problem-oriented solution, having peer-to-peer -peer learning could be good and bad. It all depends. But we search for patterns and given answers that, you know, this is a rule, let's apply it. Right. Maybe, Whoops, it didn't work. Maybe the Finnish example works, the hierarchical model, because they eat fish. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And okay, they do sauna and stuff. And you eat fish yeah. and you have success. No problem. It could be. But yeah. I think... I think we need to recognize that sometimes it is hard work. Yeah. Sometimes it's lone work. I want to be creative when I sit alone. Yeah. Sometimes it's being together. We have loads of examples of both things. Mm -hmm. We just can't tell which tool to apply when. It's kind of tricky. Mm -hmm. We need to learn that. Absolutely. So what's next for you, Bjorn? What's on your inbox? What's in your inbox? What's in my inbox? Well, Eurodev and, and making sure the intros and outros and everything that goes well. Yeah. Uh, also, um, uh, I'm building a competence system, uh, it, with both with bits and bytes, but also with insights and across companies. Uh, Great. We have loosely coupled competence systems in, from various companies. We can't work that way. But I yeah. think that's another discussion. Uh, but it, I'm, Wait, I'm, is that the discussion we started to have last night? And yeah. we wanted to finish yeah. over. Uh, maybe we could finish that tonight at the pub. There you go. Let's do that. Let's do I'd that. love to do that. All so right. see you at the Green Line. Bjorn Granvik, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks very much, Bjorn. Thank you. All right. We'll see <laughs> you next everyone. time <laughs> on .NET Rocks. Awesome. <laughs>
a full-service audio, video, and post-production facility located physically in New London, Connecticut, and, of course, in the cloud. Online at pwop.com. Visit our website at dotnetrocks.com for RSS feeds, downloads, mobile apps, comments, and access to the full archives going back to show number one, recorded in September 2002. And make sure you check out our sponsors. They keep us in business. Now go write some code. See you next time. Got a